Welcome to Faith City Outreach, where your host, Marina Maria, reaches out to the world to discuss Christian topics and providing biblical solutions, as well as praying for the nations. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The music in this broadcast is provided courtesy of Zapsplat.com. Now, here is your host, Marina Maria. today's special guest, Pastor Joe McLaughlin from Venture Church in Glendale, Arizona. Thank you so much, Pastor Joe, for sharing an anointed sermon called Taking God Seriously. Good morning and welcome to Venture Church. I am thrilled that you made the decision to join us this morning for worship. How about a story? It was on a New Year's Eve Daniel was in no shape to drive home in his inebriated condition. So he wisely left his car and he walked home. Whilst he was wobbling home, he was stopped by a policeman who asked him, what are you doing out here at four o'clock in the morning? Well, Daniel thought for a moment and he said, to be honest, I'm on my way to a lecture. Well, the policeman smiled shook his head and sarcastically said, and tell me, who on earth is giving a lecture at 4 a.m. on New Year's Day? Daniel lifted his head with a bit of shame and he said, that would be my wife. (laughs) You see, perhaps Daniel doesn't have a drinking problem nearly as much as he has a listening problem. See, I've learned in 44 years of marriage that it's a wise man who listens to his wife, but even more so, who listens to his God. Well, welcome to 2021 and a brand new series that we've entitled, The Year That Changed the World. (laughs) Now, I like that title. It's big and it's bold. Many of us are already feeling it. We're, We're wondering if... 2021 just might be that year. We're wondering what lies ahead. What's in store for us? In so many ways, it feels like the stage is set. The players are in place. The script is being played out for this to become one doozy of a year. Maybe this will be the year that changes the world. But whatever happens this year, It seems to me like this would be a good time for us. Not just good, but the right time. Not just right, but the absolutely necessary time for us to start taking God seriously. Well, fortunately for us, that just happens to be the title of our message today. Taking God Seriously. Well, this January, we're going to travel back. We're going to travel back to a time to a year that literally changed the world. The year that we're talking about is found in the book of Exodus. You see, the the ancient Israelites had just been delivered from, from slavery. They had watched the Lord perform the miracle of the parting of the Red Sea. They had walked across on dry ground. They they looked back and with their own eyes they watched the Lord annihilate the Egyptian army. You see, for three months, Moses 
will lead them through the desert. And at the end of those three months, he will lead them to a very imposing place, a place called Mount Sinai. And there they will pitch their tents, and they will camp for one entire year. It would be a year that would change the world. So what year was it? Well, no one knows exactly for sure, but a traditional dating of the year for the Exodus would be 1446 B.C. So what's so big about that year? What happened that year? What are we going to experience as we work our way through these chapters? Well, you're going to find that, first of all, the first amazing thing that happens is God will invite the nation of Israel into a covenant relationship with Him. God would give the Israelites Ten Commandments. God will establish a priesthood, a system of sacrifice that would give us a foretaste of the grace and the forgiveness of God. They were going to receive instructions for the construction of an ark that would carry the Ten Commandments. They would receive instruction for the building of a portable tabernacle. It was going to be a year of amazing discovery in the life of God's people. But you see, before all these wonderful things would happen, the Israelites needed a lesson. It would be a vital lesson. It would be a lesson that would make all the difference. And that lesson would be this taking God seriously. You see, what you take seriously in your life says so much about you. It it, it determines whether you're headed for success or you're headed for failure. It determines what your life is going to be like, the quality, the condition of your life, what you take seriously. I was thinking about it, and I want to give you three very brief examples of things that we take serious and things that we take not so much serious. Number one, have you ever noticed that we tend to take tomorrow very seriously, whereas today, not so serious? Have you ever thought about that? We tend to over-exaggerate, to over-emphasize what we can do tomorrow, what could be accomplished tomorrow, but not so much today. Not today. It's really at the core of our procrastination for all of us. A second example would be, have you noticed how we take death very serious? Eternity, not so serious. People, are, people will go to incredible lengths to extend their life just a little bit, and yet at the same time, give hardly any thought at all to their eternity. But here's a third example. I've noticed that that all of us are very serious about being respected. But respecting, not so serious. We've all experienced that, haven't we? You know the experience, and I know it. The experience of being disrespected. Boy, that really stings. It's a big deal in all of our lives, but especially in the lives of guys. We know the pain. We know, we know the, the, uh, the feeling of being disrespected. So what do you think is a number one way people show disrespect? Well, we show disrespect when we're late. We, we show disrespect when we don't show up at all. 
We show disrespect when we don't follow through. We show disrespect when we don't say thank you. But perhaps most of all, we show disrespect when we don't listen. When we don't listen. So here you are. You've you've all been there. I've been there. Here you are sharing your vast wisdom, your, your really funny story, your great example. And in the midst of your story, in the midst of your telling, you can see it on their eyes. The shrug of the shoulder, that smirky look. You know they're not listening. You know they're not going to do what you've told them to do. You see, that is exactly what God is up to on this year-long camp out at the foot of Mount Sinai. God parks their carcass right in front of Mount Sinai in the hopes that he can teach his people to teach them to respect him enough to listen in the hopes that they will obey and, and take his word seriously. So let's tell the story. It's found in, in the 19th chapter of the book of Exodus. Let's begin together in verse 1. Now, there are several verses. It's a little, it's, we're going to read the, most of the chapter together. So let's, let's begin together in verse 1. It was in the third month after the, after the children of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt. And on the same day, they came to the wilderness of Sinai. So Israel camped there before the mountain. So you see, three months out of the Exodus, they wander through the desert, and God camps them at the base of Mount Sinai. Let's read on. And so Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. How I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words, Moses, which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So before we read on, just briefly, God has now told Moses, he's informed him what his intention and what his plans are for the people. And God's plans are good. God's design and God's intent is to enter into a covenant relationship with his people, that they would obey him, that they would listen to him, that they would follow his laws, his word, and that they would become his own special treasured people. So let's read on. So Moses came, and he called for the elders of the people. And he laid before them all these words which the Lord had commanded him. And then all the people answered together, and they said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. So Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I come to you in the thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with you and believe you forever. So, so Moses has received the answer from the people, and they're on board. And God announces that he's going to do something amazing in front of all the people. 
He's going to show them. He's going to let them see for themselves that Moses is God's spokesman, that they can trust him and that they can follow him. So let's read on. So then the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes. Let them be ready for the third day, for on the third day the Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. And you shall set bounds for the people all around, saying, Take heed to yourselves that you do not go up to the mountain or touch its base. For whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. And when the trumpet sounds long, they shall come near the mountain. Let's read on. So Moses went down the mountain to the people, and he sanctified the people, and they washed their clothes. And he said to the people, Be ready for the third day, and do not come, and do not come near your wives. Let's continue and finish our story this morning. And then it came to pass on the third day, in the morning, that there were thunderings and lightnings, and a thick cloud on the mountain, and the sound of the trumpet was very loud, so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. And now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke, because the Lord had descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him by voice. And then the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai and upon the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain. And Moses went up. <laughs> now, I was thinking about the story. If we'd been there that day, of course, it was quite, an, quite a moment, quite an experience. The, the mountain is on fire. And if that's not enough, there's this sound of a trumpet that grows louder and louder. And the voice calls. The voice calls to Moses and says, Come, Moses. Now, if you and I had been there that day, we would have been just as terrified as the people. But my hunch is we would have all said, I'm glad it's Moses walking into that fire and not me. But, you know, when you step back and, and you look at the story in its entirety and you look at it as a whole, you see four steps. God moving the people on a progression attempting to bring them to a place in their lives where they will truly respect Him and honor Him and obey Him and trust Him and love Him and take Him seriously. Let me show you these four steps. The first thing we see in the story is God reveals His heart to the people. God's heart and God's plans for Israel are amazing. He's told them, I already protected you from the Egyptians. I've delivered you and I, I brought you on eagle's wings. When, when you were in trouble, when you cried out to me, I was there. And my desire for you is to live a covenant relationship. I'll give you my word. You obey, you follow me, you trust me, and you will be my treasured people. 
You will be blessed beyond measure. You'll be my people. God reveals his heart. But the second thing that happens is is God requires their response. So he sends Moses. I mean, why go on this journey if, if the people do not want to go? So Moses goes and asks, and the people wholeheartedly say, yes, we're on board. We want to go with God on this amazing journey. Number three, Moses goes back, and he purifies their dirt. That's interesting. He calls it a consecration, and a separating, a, a, setting, a, a setting them up to go before God. But what God wanted them to do was he essentially wanted them to wash themselves, to purify themselves, to, to literally wash the filth of the Egyptian desert off their bodies and off their clothes. Now, why do you suppose that was so important to the Lord? Well, I think there are probably many, many answers to that question. Perhaps it would reveal to us that, that God really is a God of holiness and purity and that he really does value cleanliness of heart, of, of, of morality, of our life. It, it said things to these people like perhaps this was where God was taking them. He would be lifting them out of the, of the filth of this world and he would be lifting them up to something holy and righteous. But I think this consecration to cleanliness served a very practical purpose. Let, let me give you an example. When I was a kid growing up, I grew up on a farm, and whenever mom or dad came home and said, everybody get cleaned up, we're going somewhere, we all knew it was special. We knew we were going to a very important place. But whenever they came home and said, now put on your best clothes, we're going someplace very special. We knew, we knew that we were on our way to an amazing encounter. And I'm, I'm wondering if, from a very practical standpoint, if God didn't want to drive this lesson home to these people, that they were going to the most important meeting of their lives. They were going to meet with God. And finally now, he reveals his heart. He's gotten their response. He purifies the dirt from their life. And now number four, God will rock their world. He rocks their world with a, with a frightening and a fearful demonstration of power and of glory. But why? Why didn't God tone it down? Well, the truth is, that's who He is. He wanted them to see that this was no show, that He is a God of unimaginable glory, the God who holds a hundred billion stars in the palm of His hand. This is a God of power and majesty and glory. This is who He is. But I think He wanted them to take Him seriously. He wanted them to know who He was, that He really truly deserved and demanded their respect, not because He needed it, but because their lives depended on whether they would take God seriously or not. I think the whole purpose of this brilliant display of glory on the mountain can be summarized in four words. Take God's word seriously. 
it'll change your life. It'll transform your life. But perhaps you might ask the question, but why? Why take God's word seriously? Well, I thought of an example. I, I thought, imagine, imagine having trouble with your iPhone. Who would you rather call? Who would you rather call for help? Uncle Bob, who took an online class at junior college, or would you rather call Steve Jobs, the creator of the iPhone? Imagine, let's see, Uncle Bob or Uncle Steve, which would you call? Well, you would be a fool not to call the creator. So why would we not take God's word seriously? He's the creator. He's the one who knows how life works and what doesn't work. God's Word, the Bible says so many things about God's Word. It says that God's Word is flawless, a shield, a lamp to our feet. His Word is like living water that springs up within us. He is the ultimate soul food, His Word. His Word will teach, it'll rebuke, it'll correct, and it'll train you on what's right and wrong. His Word is the ultimate playbook. It's the designer's blueprint. It's the instruction manual for life. It's the book of life. It's the book of wisdom. It's the book of promise. It's the book of hope. But you see, God's Word is meaningless to us if we don't take it seriously. But what does it mean to take God's Word seriously? Well, Jesus told a parable that helps us to understand that. He told the story of a, of a wise man and a foolish man. He said, one man built his house on the sand, and when the storms came, the house washed away, while the other man built his house on the rock, and when the storms came, the house stood. You see, both of them are hearers of God's Word. That's what's interesting about the story. See, both of these men, the wise man and the foolish man in Jesus' story, they both had Bibles, maybe even Bibles on their iPhones, they both listened to sermons on YouTube. They both posted really clever little Bible sayings on Facebook. They both had scripture magnets on their refrigerators. They even perhaps read a chapter of the book of Proverbs every single day of the month. They were both hearers of the word. But there was one difference. The wise man was a doer of the word. He put the word into practice in his life. And the other was not. He was just a hearer of the Word. See, the wise man puts God into practice. The foolish man does not. One was a doer of the Word, and the other was a doer of whatever he wanted. Now, I know you're like me. We all deeply want to respect God. We can't think of anything worse than the idea of disrespecting God. But here's the truth. When I know God's Word and I don't do it, I intentionally don't do it, that's to disrespect God. It's to not take Him seriously. It's, it's like rolling your eyes and shrugging your shoulders and giving that smirky look like you don't care and you're not listening. See, if you and I want to honor God, and I know you do, then we need to commit to taking God seriously, committing to do what he says. Joseph was an example of that. Remember Joseph in the book of Genesis? 
He's in prison. And there he's tempted. He's, he's tempted to do what he was trained from a child not to do. He was trained when that temptation came. Joseph said, how could I do this against God? How could I sin against God and do this? And he turned and he ran for his life. You see, Joseph took God seriously. Job was the same way. Remember in the, first, in the second chapter of the book of Job, all these terrible things happened to Job. And Job's wife says to him, why don't you just curse God and die? And, Joseph, and Job says to his wife, you are talking foolish, woman. He says, should we accept good things from God and not the trouble? Joseph, excuse me, Job was a, was a man who took God seriously. He was a worshiper. You know, Jesus was an example. The devil tempted him to turn stones into bread. But Jesus said, no. Man doesn't live on bread alone. Man lives on every word that comes from God. You know, my life was shaped and impacted deeply by people who took God seriously. Just a couple of weeks ago, uh, a dear friend of ours named Max Edwards passed away and went to heaven. Let me tell you a little bit about Max. Max and Dixie Edwards were two people that so deeply impacted my life and Gretchen's life as well. See, when I was just a kid, Max came to our little Iowa country church. Max had been a successful Indiana farmer. But one day God got hold of Max and called him, called him to come and follow, to leave the farm behind and follow me. And you see, Max was a guy who took God seriously, and that's exactly what he did. He essentially sold the farm, gave up the Indiana farm, and followed God to the mission field. He took God at his word. Well, that day Max Edwards came to our church many, many years ago. He, he looked at me that day, and I don't remember anything about his message or his sermon or anything that he said other than this, but he looked at me, and he said, come to Brazil. Come to Brazil and spend a summer with us. Little did I know that just a few years later, summer of 1975, I would go to Brazil, South America. I would spend 10 weeks with Max and Dixie Edwards. They would speak powerfully into my life. They would model for us a life lived well, a life lived taking God seriously and seeking to do exactly what he'd called them to do. Our life would never be the same. That summer changed me. I found a new college. I, I found my wife. I found a purpose. I found a God that I gave my life to and, and committed to serve him for the rest of my life. You see, there's no better word than God's word. But you've got to take it seriously. There's no better place to plant your feet than, than in God's Word. But you've got to take it seriously. How about we begin again? It's the beginning of a brand new year. How about if we pick up these old Bibles and we start again to read? Not just read, but, but to read with the mind of an explorer as though we're on a great adventure in search of God's truth. 
the discoveries that will change and transform our, our lives and turn us into true followers of Jesus. When you find those treasures, how about if we dig and we hide them in our hearts and we seek to implement them, to apply them in every area of our life? What an incredible goal. Where should we start? Well, there are many great places to start. You could start in the beginning in the book of Genesis. You, you could start in the wisdom book, the book of Proverbs. Wonderful place to start. You could begin in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, with Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount. But it, it makes not so much difference where you start, but the heart and the design and the desire that you bring to God's Word, a desire to say, God, here I am, an open book. Write your story in my life. I'll follow you. I'll seek you. I will seek to do what you tell me to do in the book. Well, If that's your desire this morning, I, I wanted to invite you to join me in a closing prayer. I want to invite you to, well, join us on this great adventure. The adventure, perhaps it'll be the year that will change your life. But it needs to begin by trusting God, truly taking God seriously in your life. Let's pray together. Almighty God, I want to honor you with more than just my words. I want to honor you with my obedience. I'm sorry for not taking you seriously and for going my own way even when I knew it was wrong. I recommit my life to you and to your word. I put my faith in Jesus and his blood that he shed on the cross. I'm open to the Spirit's teaching and rebuke, to the correction and the training in righteousness that comes from your holy word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, the Lord bless you. I pray that you'll have a wonderful week. I appreciate so much you joining us today. We love you guys. God bless. Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria as she interviews Christian pastors and leaders to discuss scriptures and topics affecting the Christian community and to pray for the nations. If you need to contact Marina Maria, please email her at fcoprogram at gmail.com. That email again is fcoprogram at gmail.com. Until next time, Marina wants to remind you from Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The music used in this broadcast is used courtesy of Zapswat.com.